With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello, everybody. Steve, Zips of Akron. Hey, what's going on? And you street. Hey, y'all. All right, so it is finally time, friends. It is the food and beverage focused Sky U Podcast. It's been a long time coming. We've we've had to work out our vacation schedules, make sure everybody's available because otherwise it's just me and Andy talking. And when it comes to cooking, that means Andy's talking and only Andy. Uh, but we're, it's finally, it's finally here. I'm not going to delay us any longer because y'all asked a lot of questions and I want to make sure we answer them. So we're going to open up uh, kind of very focused on the food side of things. Uh, we're going to start with a question uh, that was asked by South Tex Gopher. And that was, what is the best way to cook a brat? Uh, and I'm going to turn this over to Andy, since he is the grill guy for our tailgate. So in case you were checking out the uh, the blog post where we were asking these questions, this ended up being a, a controversial question, because you had lots of people who were, who were swearing by the boil them first, and you have a lot of people who swear by the, no, you can't boil them first because you lose flavor. Um... I've always boiled them first, and I've never had a bad turnout. So you know my my traditional way, and and the way that uh, the way that the uh, the, the Godfathers uh, who who are used to doing three hundred brats at a time that we know in Madison do this is, is just to you know give them a nice boil and a nice uh, in a nice crappy beer uh, with some onions, and then and then take them out and throw them on the grill and give them a good char. Um, you know, it looks like a lot of people swear that you lose all the flavor that way. You know, I disagree. A lot of people look like they soak them in beer before, uh, cooking them. I've never done that. Just maybe I'll have to give that a try at some point this fall. But, uh, I've been, I've been a traditionalist. Just give them a nice little beer bath and get them nice so they're not raw in the middle and then, and then char them off. So, um, but I'll have plenty of people telling me I'm wrong apparently. So. Well, then I'm also wrong because that's obviously I just commented on how I'm not the cook, but the limited amount of uh, brat brat preparation I've done has always been boil first. Uh, then, uh, it, depending on then, it just depends on whether you're going to get to eat it right away. Then it's grill it and eat it. If it's grill it and need to keep it for a while, then it's grill it, put it right back into the uh, you know the the beer juices and you know then warm it back up on the on the edge of the grill to to get it hot if necessary uh i am excited however for the opportunity to on my own try some of the other other alternatives raised in the comment section and maybe have andy do that as well andy i'm interested what is your preferred beer when you're preparing your brats in my case it's generally uh the crappier the better um 
you know, I, I so how crappy are how crappy how crappy are we talk? Well, I mean, it, it's generally what I can easily get my hand on. I've gone hams before. Um, Ooh, Scotty Waters. I may yes. or may not have used Red Dog at, at one time or another. Have you fed me a Red Dog brought before? Uh, yeah, 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 I have. Um, you know, lately it's been just getting whatever good cheap lager you can get, whether that's Primo. Um, I think. Fulton or Cold Spring has a sort of a traditional, I think can't remember, it's like a Minnesota Gold or something like that, um, that you can get pretty cheap. Um, you know, I, I pretty much just use your, your traditional uh, cheap mass-produced lager and, uh, and let her go. Uh, I know some people, and I'm not one of them, some people swear by boiling them in an IPA that you can get a different flavor profile that way. I'm, I'm definitely not, uh, not one of that. I, I'll just take your... Uh, classic American uh, corn adjunct lager and, and make that work. <laughs> See, I always thought you were supposed uh, to boil it in special export light. Good. Is that by the no, pallet? No, I think you're supposed to drink special export light while grilling. And if you oh, successfully was, yeah. can grill and still stay sober, or I guess not sober, still stay conscious, then you've won. I read that backwards. <laughs> Uh, to be clear, Andy, did I say I liked the Red Dog brats? Because I, I I have a like, I'm, I'm kind of angry to to know that actually. Are you Ray Liotta and Hannibal right now? <laughs> I just. Oh I, man, I, I'm so sad that I just ate my own brain. There, there, No, Red Dog, I mean, I have some experiences with Red Dog. Some positive, some negative, but just, I don't know. Somehow Brat, Red Dog Brat, just doesn't work I, for me. I, I don't brain. think I'm one to criticize your palate, but I'm pretty sure if I boiled a Brat in Red Dog and I boiled a Brat in Primo and I boiled a Brat in Hams, you would not be able to tell the difference. I think that's actually a challenge for this fall that we need to execute, just for science. Hashtag science. So I'm writing that down. We're going to do that. Blind, yeah, look at the I Pepsi say. challenge in that tailgate. <laughs> Blind taste test it is. All right. Uh, the next question came from Who Goofed. Uh, best place to get a burger in the Twin Cities. We actually chose to break this up into two categories. Obviously, uh, the non-Juicy Lucy answer and the Juicy Lucy answer. So for non-Juicy Lucy, we're, I'm going to turn it over to Steve. Steve, what's your... Best place to get a burger in the Twin Cities that's not a Juicy Lucy. So uh, I think we got to break this down into a couple categories, even if we're going to subcategorize this thing already. But, you know, uh, everyone's going <laughs> Carol with Carol Linnaeus over here with a hamburger. <laughs> everyone's going with these, um, you know, gourmet burgers. We got the the parlor burgers really good. Um, people like the Revival Burger. I prefer the St. Dinette Burger in St. Paul. Just uh, the homemade American cheese is is, is, is amazing. And the, and, the, and the buttery bun, perfectly, perfectly griddled. But if we're going off the beaten path a little bit, um, I think a sleeper hit is the um, double barrel uh, smash patty burger from Red Cow is my pick. Um, I think it won a couple of awards a couple years ago, but it always flies under the radar and it's always consistent. Big fan there. If we're talking sports bars, I'm going with Burger Moe's in St. Paul. These are all good answers. I love me some, some Red Cow, though. Uh, I mean, Andy, you, you are definitely 
an aficionado of, of places uh, for burgers around the Twin Cities. Do you have any disagreements on the non Juicy Lucy answers? No, he, he said uh, he said several good ones um, of that of that sort of fancier group. I'll, I'd uh, I'd vote for Parlor. Um, it, it's a it's a very ridiculously good burger, but uh, either Saint Dinette or uh, or Revival, you can't really go wrong either there. Um, for my sort of off the beaten path, I guess I actually just had this the other night. Um, there's a restaurant down in Egan called uh, Burgers and Bottles that uh, it's it's in a little strip mall, sort of out of the way, but um, they have several fantastically interesting burgers. And I had the the uh, brisket burger, which you think brisket burger, and you get the brisket chop. No, no, no. This is a burger that then has brisket on top of the burger. And yeah, it's as good as it sounds. So, so the way this is a burger place that makes good brisket, good enough. Let's put it that way. I mean, it's covered in barbecue sauce and, and onion rings. So I mean, it's it's not like we're talking like revival quality brisket here, but uh, it, it didn't it didn't taste poorly going down. Let's put it that way. Now there's a uh, one more burger I want to draw your attention to, and I'm not going to put it in my top three by any means, but. Um... Burger Jones in Uptown has the White Trash Burger, which is a half-pound patty with uh, American cheese, um, but it's got deep-fried bacon topped with deep-fried cheese curds. And it is the most egregious burger I've ever had, and I cannot stop thinking about it. It's a, a once-a-year thing, but you'll, you'll, you'll know it. And those are some really good cheese curds. I, I, I want it. My favorite week of the entire year in Cincinnati is Cincinnati Burger Week. It was last week. We take long lunches every day. We like we block our calendars on purpose. It's a magical time. Does Minneapolis have anything like that? Or St. Paul, the Twin Cities in general, have a Burger Week? You know, honestly, not that I can think of. Um, you know, they've got several restaurant weeks and things like that, but I can't think of one week solely solely elevating the uh, the burger around here. City Pages is your is the alt weekly in the Twin Cities, right? That's right. All right, City Pages is failing. Uh, the City Beat is Cincinnati's. There is a Burger Week, a Pizza Week, a Taco Week, two different restaurant weeks, and honestly, it's oddly enough, there's not a Chili Week. You would think there's enough independent chili places around here that Cincinnati Chili could have its own week, but. I don't really care that they don't have that because I think Cincinnati chili is terrible. But there's an annual there's an so, annual Twin Cities Burger Battle every uh, every late spring, early summer. Um, that's hmm. more more of an awards ceremony, though. All right, get get it together, uh, City Pages Burger Weeks. All the mini, all the Minnesota uh, followers of the uh, podcast will will thank you. Um, all right, Juicy Lucy. Alex, you have strong Juicy Lucy opinions. I'm gonna. What is your best Juicy Lucy in the Twin Cities? I'm confused by the question because it implies there's more than one. Okay, fair. What is the only Juicy Lucy in the Twin the Cities? The only Juicy Lucy is at Blue Door, and it is by that's fa- far that's, the best. That's, I mean, it's by far the best, but that's false. It is not the only. Matt's. I I, will, I don't I'm, know. I'm Matt's, I don't Matt's know what you're I talking die. about. Matt's till I die. I, 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 is this a restaurant? Do they serve Red Dog there? I can guarantee they serve Red Dog there. <laughs> That's right on brand for Matt's. Red Dog and Matt's, quite the pair. Uh, no, the, the Blue Sea, I think, is, is, the, is the best of the various Juicy Lucy's. There are other pretenders to the throne. 
but uh, the Blue Door in St. Paul is by far the best. Does anyone argue with that as the best? Well, yes. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's good. It's good. Um, I mean, there, it's a different style. If you want your, you know, you're just pure traditionalist. Matt is Matt's is where you have to go, but it's pure traditionalist processed American cheese. You know exactly what you're going to get. When you're talking more upscale, uh, Blue Door's up there. The Nook will give them a run for their money. Um, you know, and then now there's a few other places that are putting their versions of Juicy Loose's on their menu. I always am a little skeptical because. You know, they're just trying to come to the party a little late. But, uh, you know, I think I think Blue Door, Matt's, uh, the Nook slash Shamrocks, and probably that weird Fraction restaurant deserves a mention as well. Steve, are you a 5A person or a Matt's person? You know, I'm going to lose my Minnesota cred here. I've only The only Juicy Lucy I've ever had is at 5A Club. Uh, and I thought it was just okay. And I was trying to go to Matt's for the first time, and I totally forgot that it was during the Final Four when everyone was in town, and it was on like the list of things you have to do in Minneapolis. So when I drove by, the line was like snaked around the corner, and I decided to come back later. Basically, every sports writer ever who'd heard anything about Minnesota had was in line for that. Probably. Yeah, it was too bad. Yeah, weirdly, all the Northwestern ones were claiming that uh, the best juicy lease you could get was in Evanston for some reason. It's it's a mystery. It's a mystery how that happened. I can't imagine Medill Medill grads, you know, gravitating to Chicago. All right, uh, we have another question here. When cooking your own burger, what type of bun and should the bun be toasted or not toasted? That was raised by Red River Gopher. I'm going to jump in with this. I am always a fan of a toasted bun. I don't really care what kind of bun it is if you toast it. It will make me extremely happy. If I had to pick, I'm a big fan of, uh, I'm, I'm an upscale burger kind of guy. Brioche buns are a, are a big win for me. It's not what I'd pick for my own burgers that I make at home necessarily. Uh, but if I'm going out and somebody's got a brioche bun, uh, that's that's usually a pretty big winner for me. Uh, anybody else? Toasted, not toasted? Bun favorites? I mean, I'm going with a plain white bun. For me, the bun is just the vehicle. I'm not trying to screw around with brioche and add a ton of taste. Some of the the best burgers are the simplest ones. I'm thinking about like Lion's Tap down in uh, Shakopee where you just toss the white bread on there and just and just, and just let it rip. Um, I like to toast it on the lightly toasted on the bottom um, just to add a little bit of a little bit of consistency to it. Yeah, you know, I can see the virtues of both. It, uh, you know, the burgers that I make at home, I would probably, you know, I'd probably generally give it a little bit of a toast. But you know, if you've got a really, really juicy, fatty burger, you know, sometimes you don't want a toast. You want you want that you know fluffy bun to, to soak up the juices and basically act as sort of a sponge. So, um, you know, there's definitely some some positive aspects of that. Um, you know, if I'm picking. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with a good white bun, but I usually like a little more pizzazz, so give me, like, a nice onion bun or a nice sesame seed bun, um, you know, but otherwise, just a, a, a plain white innards is uh, is good with me. Coming off the, the uh, just complete denigration of mats, Alex, uh, I'm, I'm turning to you and asking what terrible food opinion you've got here bun-related. <laughs> Uh, well, so 
a very long time ago, uh, we were making hamburgers, and I was told to get some kind of uh, white bread, and decided that I could not pronounce uh, ciabatta, and so thought it was ciabatta for a very long time. I think that uh, in terms of toasted, non-toasted, the the real question is like, how good is your hamburger? Like the the bun is is not the main part of that show. The hamburger is. It's kind of like the reverse of Italian food. Like the main deal is the pasta, so you don't want to overload it with sauce. I am of the opinion that your bun, it doesn't really matter. What does matter is if the bun is much too big or much too small for the hamburger. I would like smooth consistency throughout the full eating. I shouldn't end up with either like just hamburger at the very end or just bun at the very end. Otherwise, I'm agnostic. All right. I retract my... Uh, criticisms of you the bun size comment is a worthy food take you can continue participating for the rest of the podcast yeah thanks that wendy's commercial from before i was born for that particular take (laughs) all right rencito wants to know uh where do you get the best cheese curds uh steve i'm going to kick it your way for that now you got to be careful who you're asking this question to because if you ask this of someone who is from or has recently been living in Wisconsin, they will say something to the effect of Culver's, which is completely ridiculous. That's moronic. I mean, I will say, for fast food cheese curds, Culver's makes a tasty cheese curd. But it doesn't... That's that's a real low bar to clear when you're saying for fast food cheese A&W curds. is yeah. better. A&W, all right. God, I haven't even seen an A and W in like a. Oh, they're around. You're not. You're not. You're not looking hard enough. Come back home, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're not looking hard enough, Chris. They're around. What is this? Like a crap Field of Dreams sequel over here. Andy, cheese curd opinions. Well, I, I, I will, I will. say that the uh, the Wisconsinites do do the cheese curds right, but not the Culver's version. You have to go to uh, Ellsworth and uh, you know, the, the, the best to be perfectly, fried, perfectly true is not fried. You get them fresh right off of the line in Ellsworth at the factory. Squeak, squeak. Oh, but, but beyond squeak, like melt in your mouth warm squeak. Oh, that's just heaven. Um, but, but fried cheese curds um, you know, I, I I think you you got to have uh, you know you don't want that sort of denser batter you want a, a lighter batter, um, you know it's sort of tough. Some people do it really good around here. Some people don't do it so well. Unfortunately, I think a lot of the a lot of the cheese curds I've had have have been really well done in Madison. I know it's uh, it's you know stereotypical to say, but uh, the old fashioned in Madison. Um, they they do a few things right and and those are old fashions and cheese curds and they they, they got those two pretty well nailed down. So we're not going to talk about the state fair yeah. here. Well, the state fair is quality. The problem is, is the best cheese curd booth that no longer exists at the Minnesota State Fair. So now you got to go inside to the Mouse Trap, which is honestly a little bit subpar compared to the the one that they used to have that uh, that got kicked out about a year or two ago. Wait, why would they kick out the best cheese curds? Uh. It's a lot of politics. We 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 don't we don't have that much time to go into it, but basically it's <laughs> the the short term is basically the owner sold off to somebody else and the state fair basically now has a rule saying if you sell off that you don't get to hand it down or something like that and it's 
it, it's complicated. It involves politics and it's, you know, everything like that. But basically, yeah. So they were around for 40 some years and then got the boot last year for the first time, I think. This might be one of my most favorite Minnesota things that we actually have so much poli- so many, so much t- behind the state fair politics that we can't possibly fit it into the oh, podcast. Yeah, state fair is like the mob. I mean, you, you could definitely have an uh, entire episode dedicated to state fair politics. Hey, it's only a month away. We could talk about that instead of the first football game, right? I would hope. Uh, hopefully, that's not necessary. But it is a good fallback position if if needed. I guess. Um, hey, remember that one time where those people threatened to use their mob connectors to take all our advertising because we were saying bad things about <laughs> Rutgers? That was. Oh, I, I feel like reposting that post sometime. Uh, if if anyone doesn't remember or know what we're talking about, just Google the Daily Gopher Rutgers zebra mussels. You're welcome. Uh, by the way, Andy's correct on his cheese curd take. Madison, Wisconsin, uh, fuck the Badgers, but Madison, Wisconsin does some fine cheese curds. I would also recommend Craftsman Table and Tap on the west side of Middleton. They make some really delicious cheese curds along with uh, some amazing uh, buttermilk ranch that they make in-house. Alex, I am tempted to just run by your cheese curd take because mo- we'll be moving back into your terrible food take territory, but... I'll let you have the floor for a moment. I have no cheese curd take. That That's a blatant lie. I've heard your cheese curd take. It's terrible. I Well, I think much much like uh, perhaps later in the podcast, my cheese curd take is you shouldn't eat cheese curds. You should pick a different food. Yeah, that's the terrible take I was talking about. Thank you for finally uttering it out loud so the world can understand that you street has bad food takes when it comes to cheese curds. Oh, no. I don't think you should eat something that's gross. Ah. They're not gross. False. Uh, False. It's a primary export of Madison, Wisconsin. I am skeptical that they're not. Technically, it's Ellsworth, Wisconsin's primary export. I mean, (laughs) Ellsworth is... So, I mean, we can really just count it as a Minnesota food after all. <laughs> Actually, legit. I bet you if you were to do the, the GDP of Ellsworth, it's going to come up like 85% cheese curd. Well, right, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really booze. sorry for, for saying that the good people of Ellsworth shouldn't have jobs anymore. But also cheese curds are gross. <laughs> U Street, noted hater of employment in Ellsworth. Uh, all right, booze questions. Um, Sports Avenue wants to know what the best distillery is in the Twin Cities. I have absolutely no idea for this one. Uh, Steve, I'm kicking it your way. Uh, I'm going to ride hard for Norseman Distillery, um, both in terms of booze quality, but also just a cool place to hang out. Really cool like warehouse feel. Um, good food to go along with it. Their, their mixologists are, are top-notch. It's a fun place to hang out, especially in the wintertime. Um, and then they bust out their Norseman Strength Gin. Um, that's not going to get lost in your winter cocktails, but I'm going hard for uh, Norseman. Also, um, Sleeper Pick, Copper Wing Distillery in St. Louis Park. It's in this weird kind of like industrial complex to might get lost, but the bartenders were, the, the bartenders were super cool when we went. Um, and yeah, very surprising for what I thought was a, uh, small opening. Andy? 
Uh, I haven't been to a ton. Uh, if if Gopher Nation was on the podcast, he swears by Tattersall, which is the one that all the uh, all all the bros go to over in Northeast Minneapolis. Um, which you can find their stuff in liquor stores all over the all over the state, and they make the one the one thing that I'm sure most people listening to this do know, but maybe not, is that Minnesota has some weird ass liquor laws. Uh, one of which being the distillery is if you want to serve anything in your cocktail room you basically have to distill it all yourselves. So Tattersall has gone to the Uber limits, and they not only make your, your base spirits, but they basically make every single liqueur additive to make all sorts of fancy cocktails you can think of. Um, so they've got like 30 or 35 different products on the market, which is sort of insane. But um, if I had to pick one, it's the one that I really enjoy. Uh, it's a bit of a drive. You had to go all the way up to Duluth. But Viker in Duluth uh, makes some very tasty things. Um, it's just probably not really a spot when you're trying to uh, do it on a football weekend. So I want to clarify the state law requires that not only the primary spirit be produced in house, but any liqueur spirits as yes, well. Everything. If you're going to, as if you have a a distillery tasting room, everything you serve that's alcoholic, you must distill on the premise. Minnesota. I love Minnesota, but Minnesota's alcohol laws are just dumb. All right. Moving on. Well, actually, I'm going to, this is a transition. I might, I, I think we're going to start with Alex on this, but Steve kind of opened the door with whatever that superpowered gin is uh, from, from his distillery. Uh, Germ the Worm wants to know what the best gin drink is. I believe you actually asked Germ about for a tailgate, but we're going to broaden it out. Uh, and Alex, I'm just turning it over to you. I've been asked to read a prepared statement from the Daily Gopher editorial board. Uh, we, the Daily Gopher, uh, in no way support the drinking of any clear alcohols, including but not limited to gin. Uh, that's a co-sign for me. Uh, whiskey for life. Um, also, gin tastes like pine needles. Yeah, the best gin drink is uh, a warm shot of gin when you're giving it to it or giving it to you, um, you know, as some sort of like drinking game penalty. Uh, best is in quotations in that statement, correct? That's right. I'll be the one who actually sticks his head out and says, now I'm not talking about anything fancy, but if it's a nice hot summer day, there's nothing wrong about sitting out on a patio and drinking a nice citrus forward gin and tonic. Uh, or five. Or seven. Um, <laughs> but but for me, it's got to be a citrus forward, not a, not a juniper forward gin. So that sort of limits it. And I'm not really a floral type. Hendrix's make some good stuff, but they also make some stuff that basically tastes like you're drinking flowers, and that's not really my thing either. So if I can find a good citrus forward, give me a good uh, a good lime twist, and and uh, you know even add lime tonic if you want to just double it up. I'm I'm good with that. And uh, nice ice cold, and it goes down pretty pretty easily on a hot summer day. Just to be clear, your favorite drink, gin drink is the thing that I get drunk on in the summer? Well, I mean, we've all tasted gin plain. It doesn't exactly taste good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not... Some people swear by sipping gins, but uh, as, as we said in our prepared statement, we'll, we'll stick to the sipping whiskeys and, uh, you know, you cover up the taste of the gin a little bit, and yes, we'll, we'll drink it to get drunk in the summer. I'm almost certain that that is the same excuse given by people who drink Bush Light. Like, it doesn't matter. You're going to be drunk on it. 
I mean, it's a fairly reasonably thought out answer, I think, if the point is to get drunk. Yeah, what's the problem here? Yeah, no, I'm not hating on it. I'm just, I don't, I just think this is a, this is a clear, actual statement on how we feel about gin. I mean, the last, literal last time that I can recall having gin uh, was in 2006. It was a bachelor party. It was in Milwaukee. It was a booze cruise. I thought I was taking a shot of vodka. It was gin, and I threw up over the side of the boat. So, God, I wonder why that isn't a Hendrix commercial. I mean... I would, I would buy, I would buy, I would straight up buy, like I would go buy one of those, you know, like 1.75 liters if the label was just your silhouette over a boat rail. That, uh, I mean, it's a pretty striking silhouette. I feel like it could sell a lot of bottles. I just, I, I think, I think like, I don't know, golden go for gin and then just you, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Me puking on a boat over the railing, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't like the 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 vomit is implied. You don't need that on the label. Before we answer a few more food questions, here's some words from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so our third sort of category of food beverage topic, uh, we're going to take a look at tailgating. We got some some tailgating questions. Uh, first one here is, where is the best place to tailgate for a gopher game? Specifically, there were some questions about River Flats versus St. Paul. Um, this is from The Axe is Back. Uh, I think the idea was to try to understand how early people are showing up at these places in these particular lots are people mingling or hanging out with just the people they came with? Um, what should a person bring in terms of beverages, games, etc.? So it's a, a pretty, pretty uh, all-encompassing question for tailgating. Uh, Andy, I'm going to start start it with you, I think. Well, our group usually traditionally ends up at the flats. Um, you know, we, we like that. Because it's a big, wide open area, it uh, usually doesn't get too crowded. But the only time it really gets packed is for, for a big time rivalry game. I know the uh, the last time Iowa was in town, so I guess that would have been twenty seventeen. It was uh, it was really packed, and it was a good mix of both Minnesota and Iowa fans. Um, but generally, for your normal regular season game, there's tons of rooms. You can play whatever lawn games you want. Um, and just like traditional Minnesota fans, it usually doesn't get really, really crowded till about an hour, hour and a half before kickoff. So if you want to get down there for a, you know a two thirty kickoff at eight thirty, nine o'clock, you'll be down there with you know maybe ten or fifteen other groups. Um, pretty much, you can pick your spot right along the river if you want scenic, or up in the parking lot if you want the paved. Um, it's a pretty nice area, I think. Um, you know, I don't have much experience with with St. Paul. I know it's it's your traditional paved lot which may cut down on some of your tailgate activities if you want to have uh, a turf area for, for whatever. But, uh, you know, I think uh, we've been pretty happy with uh, with River Flats, and so uh, I'm sure that's where we'll be for most of the games we're tailgating for this fall. And also don't forget with the uh, River Flats that you get the nice uh, scenic 
stair climb all the way to the top of the hill uh, before the game. No, that's that's a that's a rookie move, son. If you want to avoid that scenic stair climb, I mean, it is scenic, so it's pretty, but if you want to avoid all of the stairs, especially on the August games when you will arrive at TCF Bank Stadium as a puddle, the correct direction is to go straight into the East River Flats garage, just barely up the hill from the park, and then just take the elevator up to the top floor, walk into Kaufman, take the escalator up, and out you go. You're right on your way walking to TCF Bank Stadium. Oh, you and George Costanza, two peas in a pod. Veteran, you got it. Some days are not meant for stairs. I'm sorry. I'm a sweaty guy. There are days that just stairs are not in the not in the cards, and that, or or if you honestly, it's also good for those days when it's really really cold and you just want like a brief warm up period on the way. So, um, I also have no experience with St. Paul. I love the river flats. I think being able to be on the grass is a nice thing. Uh, we like to play kind of an off-road style of bocce where you're going up a hillside, you know, all the way, you know, miles away trying to throw way out there. So obviously a paved lot's not really conducive to something like bocce. So you have an opportunity to expand your, your game set slightly by moving into the grass, I feel. Uh, in, in response to some of the other areas about do people mingle, yes and no. I think that's, in general, I don't know. I feel like Minnesotans, you know, you're friendly to people who come by, but we're also sometimes kind of solitary to our groups. So I wouldn't say it's a high mingle area, but I also wouldn't say people are unfriendly or anything like that. And uh, for food and everything, you know, got to go with what you feel, whatever you think you can cook easily. Uh, whatever you enjoy. I mean, I'll be honest. I have Andy start me off with a simple Polish. That's my opener every single time. Uh, just throw a Polish on the grill. That's that's what I want to start with. And then we can get into whatever else we brought. So um, what is the most distinctly Minnesota tailgate food? Min-March DTF asked this one. I, I don't actually know if there's a... Is there a traditionally Minnesota tailgate food that I'm just not aware of? What's the most passive-aggressive thing to grill? Fuck. Um, Casserole. There you are. Whoa! Hot dish. Who are you? Sorry, I was born. Drinking until the, drinking until the self-loathing's gone. I mean, I would say the most Minnesota tailgate That's food. That's a Rutgers is, uh, food, Andy. Premium. I'm 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 making the authoritative decision here. It's Grain Belt Premium. That's the tailgate food. You can do it for all the things that everyone else talked about, loathing and whatever, but it's Grain Belt Premium. <laughs> what is what is the best place on or near campus for a pre or post game drink? This was written by a new commenter, uh, Gopher Guy 5 Andy, I feel like this just is right up your alley. Can you help uh, the newbie Gopher Guy 5 <laughs> Uh, out with with what the answer to this question is that's the best question we've had all night long let me tell you this guy is a genius uh, i really respect his writing style um, <laughs> you know i'm 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 it all depends on where you're parked um if you're looking on campus you know i'm still a traditional stubborn herbs guy uh, I think they have the best tap list in all the areas on that side of the East Bank. Um, you know, they've got their beer garden, which is not a bad place to hang out as long as you don't mind loud music. 
pregame. Uh, but you can go inside and actually get a, a real beer, not just whatever crap they're serving out at the beer garden. So um, that that's my vote, pregame. Um, you know, postgame, um, you know, if we're, we're over, uh, again, it sort of depends on where you're parked. If you're uh, over on the West Bank, Republic is a nice spot. Usually it's not too insanely crowded, right? You know, Town Hall is another good choice, too. Um, you know, otherwise... You know, there, there's a bunch of stuff in the area, but uh, it, it gets a little more more hectic post-game at your at your typical small sort of smaller bar spots, and I'd rather avoid some of that and, and find some place a little more chill post-game myself. That's a really insightful answer. I hope that our new commenter will be able to listen to the podcast. He usually doesn't. <laughs> I, at least that's what I hear. So, you know, he, he, he just sort of lets it be and, and worries about it later. Well, if you uh, happen to know his handle on Twitter, you should tweet at him that he should give us a listen. You know, that's just be friendly, be Minnesota. Do you think he likes gin? Oh, gotta gotta love some gin. I, I would assume Gopher Guy Five is a huge gin drinker. Probably not even in a citrus forward cocktail, but more of a a straight shot of it when it's warm. Even we had a whole bunch of like Min March ETF. He asked for the best food and drink in the Big Ten. That's a pretty broad question. So we actually decided to break it down and actually run through uh, most of, not all of, the various uh, opposing uh, homes and and what options are out there. So we're going to start with the Big Ten West because, obviously, we'll start in Lincoln, Nebraska. Andy, what would you say for best food and drink in Lincoln, Nebraska? Uh, your best drink in Lincoln, Nebraska comes from Boiler Brewing Company. Uh, that's that's a no no brainer. But you can pretty much there's lots of uh, fun bars and and brewery tap rooms to get a drink at in downtown Lincoln. Um, food wise, honestly, that's a, that's a little bit more of a tougher question because the two old standbys that we used to trust so much uh, sort of failed us on our trip down there last year. Uh, in both the single barrel and in, uh, we didn't actually get back to the uh, the wing place, which I'm blanking on the name of completely. Um, so, food, but yeah, it, the, its ratings had gone way down. Yeah, so food food is a bit of a, a bigger question. Um, you know, uh, my my where where did we eat last year? I honest to God don't even remember. I I remember the I remember the drinks. I don't remember the food. So that should tell you all you really need to know about Lincoln, Nebraska. Is uh, <laughs> plenty, plenty plenty of places to get a good drink. The food, eh, maybe not. Yeah, and actually, we should be clear. There's actually, I, I know there are other good places we've eaten. I just don't remember them offhand. And when the Gophers got themselves just absolutely housed like they did last year, the drinks start to take priority. So uh, don't feel like there's no food options in Lincoln. There are good food options. We're just, our favorites, the ones that we had memorized and would go back to, uh, are, are no longer quite the the you know, high end choice that they were previously. If you, uh, uh, if you have a lemon drop in Lincoln, Nebraska, do you automatically have to mail your underwear to Scott Frost? Oh God. Where did that, where, where was that story? Was that in one of the (laughs) like Nebraska newspapers? Uh, I think so. For, for those who are, who are uncertain as to where this reference came from, uh, I assure you it's not of my own making. Uh, our colleague who's not on the podcast with us today, uh, Blake, Iowa gopher relayed to us a extended story in Slack of Scott Frost at big 10 media days. I think, uh, 
having to discuss what occurred when people were mailing their underwear to him uh, for good luck this season. In other news, Nebraska fans are an unstable bunch. Uh, Andy, we're going to go to Madison real quick. What's your food and beverage choices for Madison? Yeah, Madison's got some quality options. Um, you know, food-wise, as we said, the old-fashioned, can't really go wrong with that. Uh, you mentioned Craftsman Tap, which is actually in Middleton, uh, is a good option. Um, you know, if you're just looking to drink and, and forget your feelings, uh, the Red Shed is is a very good option there. Uh, Long Island for life. That's that's more of a, a basketball and hockey uh, game situation, but it's not that far from Camp Randall either, so you could probably easily walk there as well. Um, you know, we, we, we usually tailgate in Madison, but there's several good places up and down Regent Street and around uh, around the Camp Randall area where you can have yourself a good a bargaining time and, and, and do pretty good. Um, you know, Madison is, is one of those cities that, you know, as much as we'd like to rag on them in Wisconsin, they've got a, a pretty impressive uh, food and drink scene. So there's lots of places you can end up uh, there and, and be pretty happy, especially after, uh, after an X win. Um, that makes it even a little bit sweeter. Damn straight. Uh, having lived there for a while, I'm going to throw a couple other things out there for you. In Middleton, Hubbard Avenue Diner. I would not in any way say this is a pregame place, but it's got tasty food and it's a fun vibe. Uh, Cafe Hollander. Uh, Cafe Hollander is over kind of, uh, I don't remember, by the one mall that's in the middle of town. I don't remember what that place is called. I haven't lived there in a while, but you can Google it. It's a good spot. Uh, And uh, I'm still partial to the Ian's Pizza, macaroni and cheese pizza by the slice. When really drunk is always a positive. And the Great Dane. Can't go wrong with the Great Dane. Good beer, good food. Uh, Iowa City. We actually talked and tried to come up with a place in Iowa City and then realized uh, Andy was the only one who'd been out eating and drinking at any point in this actual town, and he got too drunk to remember anything. Every other trip to Iowa City for us has been tailgating, so go tailgating in Iowa City. You'll have a good time. West Lafayette, uh, I've, yeah, we don't really know for West Lafayette either. Andy and I are going to be there this fall. We'll, we'll get back to you on West Lafayette. Uh, Evanston. We're not going to call it Chicago because they're not in Chicago. Evanston, I think Andy and I are in agreement on the same place. What's the name of it, though? The uh, the place we're looking for is Mustard's Last Stand in Evanston. Uh, yeah, it's a little hot dog spot. A little hot dog stand right down the street from uh, from their football stadium. And it's, uh, it's, it's your classical spot. It's the spot they show every single time on TV. Um, you know, I've only eaten there on a non-game day, but it's uh, it's it's quality food. They uh, they do they do hot dogs pretty dang good. So I would uh, I would recommend that place. It's not even down the street. Uh, if if Minnesota were to say be getting shut out in an ice storm that you sat through three and a half quarters of for reasons and you're not sure what they were, having it literally across the street from the stadium on the way back to the hotel makes for a a good stop. I, I, I recommend it. Even when you're really kind of cranky, it's a good spot. Um, Champaign, Illinois. I've never actually been in the campus area of Champaign, Illinois, but I do have to say that the Jimmy John's, which is part of a mobile station near the Drury Inn off of one of the main uh, interstate exits, is uh, freaky fast as advertised. And uh, so I would say go enjoy Jimmy John's. Uh, you can't, can't go wrong there. Um, Andy, Ann Arbor, what was your favorite place? We're going to go over to the east now. 
Yeah, in the east, I mean, Ann Arbor's got some some quality places. I mean, the uh, the little brown jug is your stereotypical place. Um, if I remember, it was fine. Uh, the food was was fine. Zingerman's in Ann Arbor is an institution there, and they'll treat you right. Um, you know, I guess my my favorite place and most memorable place to drink is probably with a, a twelve pack of Molson on the Law School Library steps. I I am a, a pretty big fan of Crazy Jim's Blimpy Burger. That's where I went uh, two years ago. Uh, there are a bunch of rules though, so you know. You should probably read those. Just saying. Um, what's what do we have after? Oh, Columbus. Oh God, I'm, I'm skipping Columbus because I need to Google the name of it because this is an important answer for me, um, and I've already like spaced out. Uh, Bloomington, Andy, talk about Bloomington, Indiana. It's Nick's. Uh, Nick's English Hut. The if you don't go to Nick's English Hut if you're visiting Bloomington for for whatever you're doing it wrong, uh, it's the quintessential college bar on the Indiana campus. Uh, the food is absolutely fantastic. Um, the drinks are free-flowing, and uh, you can sink the biz while you're at it. Um, and if you don't know how to do that, look it up, because it's one of the better college drinking games, I uh, I think, out there. So, uh, Nick's. Nick's, Nick's, Nick's. What was the name of the uh, that really good... Um, oh, shoot. That really good beer bar that we drank at a couple years ago. Do you have? Do you remember that? It's like right. I don't remember the name of it. I hope it's still there. It's right downtown, like like on the square. Um, so I, I apologize. Really good beer bar. That was a was a great place to be. Um, shoot, wish I could. Remember. Do you remember the name, Andy? No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we literally spent hours there, and it wasn't. I Nick's. mean, <laughs> no, it wasn't Nick's. Yeah, I, you joined us later, but okay. Well, Andy apparently enjoyed Nick's a little too much, so we're we're moving on. Um, Alex, you're the only one who's ever really done much in in DC, so we're going to assume that includes College Park, and you're going to give us an answer for that one. I think it doesn't include College Park. College Park is garbage. Uh, you shouldn't. You should never go to College Park. Uh, you should just hang out in Washington D.C. I don't know if there's a specific tailgate spot, though. The food scene in D.C. is fantastic, and uh, very recently, because woot woot gentrification, and I'm saying that mostly sarcastically, uh, there's been a massive turnover in the number of restaurants and bars that have come in the area. Uh, the sort of U Street, Columbia Heights neighborhood slash Adams Morgan would be. Uh, one of the many places that you can go, but for the whiskey bourbon aficionados of this podcast, as well as our blog, Jack Rose would be uh, the location. It has uh, an absolutely ridiculous whiskey selection that has been given the seal of approval by Gopher Nation himself. All right, I cannot for the life of me find the name of the place in Columbus, but there is a bar in Columbus near Ohio State's campus. They, it's a, it's a typical divey little sports bar, tons of big TVs, uh, excellent burgers, good whiskey list. Um, actually great whiskey list. It's just that, you know, they're having a hard time keeping all of it in stock, which is a problem nationally, but there is a TV over the center of the bar that does nothing but play Bob Ross painting, uh, on, on a continuous loop, like episode after episode after episode, no sound. Just Bob Ross painting away with his happy little trees. And I don't think there's a more on-brand bar for me than Great Whiskey List, Delicious Burgers, and Bob Ross. So if I can come up with the name of it, I will. 
Uh, I highly recommend you all go there just because it's goofy as all get out. Um, I would have said Mama's Pasta and Brew because it's an alley bar and alley bars are automatically wonderful. But Ohio State is a terrible place run by horrible people who bought Mama's Pasta and Brew and tore it down to build some sort of gaudy monstrosity. All right. This has been a big food food and drink podcast. I don't know what else there is to say at this moment. Um, other than Alex has terrible food takes sometimes. And, uh, I feel like sometimes is doing a lot of work in that sentence. and You could have just dropped it and it would have been equally true. All right. When in doubt, never listen to Alex about food and beverage. That's fair. Full stop. And on that uh, important note, go Gophers. Sky you ma. Row the boat.